0: And our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. I'm just delighted today to have Bailey
1: Pearson in the studio with me. I didn't have to twist his arm very hard, John, to get him over here because he talks on Facebook every day about antlers.
0: Well, great. Let's hear about it.
1: Hey, i got lots of questions to ask, and I guarantee you we're not going to get it all done in, in one program. But Bailey, you're 17 years old and just got quite a collection of of deer antlers. You're obviously fascinated. Maybe even call it a, an addiction. I,
2: I would for you admit sure it. call it an addiction. <laughs>
1: you, you admit, you admit <laughs> that. Uh, great. Well, what in the world ever got you started in deer antler? hunting collecting or or whatever and now it's such a passion
2: absolutely well i do hunt i do shed hunting and i look for antlers myself and then as well as buying selling and trading so um i uh i guess it would start at back in probably oh i was 14 years old so i guess three years ago and i was out uh, rabbit hunting with my mom and my dad and i uh, jumped a fence and i kicked an antler so um his the first antler I've ever found. I guess that's what I'd say would start it all because I just became so fascinated and, I mean, like you said, addicted after that. And that's where it started. And then after that, you know, all I wanted to do was look for antlers. So, uh, <laughs> so I would keep looking well, for antlers. Well, let
0: me
1: ask you, though, what was so fascinating about that first antler? You'd seen deer antlers before, I'm sure.
2: Absolutely. But I guess it didn't register to me that they – I guess they just fall off and they were laying there. I guess it was never <laughs> – you know, and then after that, I thought it was so easy, and then I start walking and walking and walking, and I may find one, and then it's just that that feeling that rush I get from feeling and picking up an antler is just amazing i
1: it, it truly is, and I've done the same thing of course over my lifetime, I've spent a lot of time in the outdoors, but I'm about as good at hunting antlers as I am morel mushrooms. <laughs> if, if I had to depend on the antlers I found for food, I'd have starved to death a long time ago. So there's got to be a... I'm sure you've developed techniques for ant, antler hunting.
2: What I've definitely picked up on a few things. You see, when you, when you do something so long and you put time and effort into it, you start to pick up on some things. Sure. And from what I've found is I do a lot of public land hunting around here on Woodson K Woods and a lot of that, so uh, there's a lot of pressure out there, so you you got to get as far back and as uh, just as far away from the pressure of the people as you can, so that's when you're going to start finding them in, in those thick bedding areas and uh, trail crossings and where they're going from food to water and bedding and where they're wintering, so where they're spending most of their time in those winter months. They're going to hunker down, and they're not going to move as much because it's cold.
1: Oh, absolutely. Today's one of those days. Of th- <laughs> Although it's sunshiny today, they might be out, uh, you know, frolicking a little bit in the sunshine. Yes, go You know, there was high winds and stuff. Now, no, they would hunker down. But it's been interesting. You make interesting points because uh, you go to where the deer Live yeah, those core areas. Now we might not go into some of those areas during deer season for yeah. fear of bumping deer and that that sort of thing. But when you're going into those core areas where these deer live, the large percentage of their lives yeah you're going to learn a lot about the not only the local deer population but deer behavior as well now have you found in these three years that you've been an average deer antler hunter that you've also improved your deer hunting skills
2: absolutely because you know i'm starting to pattern deer just by where they drop their antlers because like (laughs) uh, like we've seen a lot of times a big mature buck will drop his antlers Almost in the same spot within years as he matures. So, I could find a set of antlers and come back the next year, and he might drop the same set within hundred yards of there.
1: That's just incredible. Absolutely. And I, I think it, you know, I know it's been in my lifetime, certainly in the last twenty or thirty years, that uh, biologists have really been able to kind of untangle or unravel a lot of the puzzles about white-tailed deer, yeah. and we've learned so much, and of course I'm envious of you young folks. You've got a bit of the advantage because you've got so much information right at your fingertips. I can remember, you know, I've been a writer for 50 years, and I can remember the days that haven't been that long ago when I wanted any kind of information, you know, about this particular fish or white-tailed deer. Uh, man, I had to do some serious digging. That's <laughs> before I even had a computer. How many deer
2: antlers or in
1: your mom and dad's house. <laughs> have you been have you been kicked to the basement or what's, what's the deal?
2: <laughs> Absolutely not. See, uh right now I don't have as many antlers as I once had. Most of the time uh like I started buying at school just from kids at school like I'd give 4 or 5 dollars for just an average antler. Before I knew it I'd have a big pile built up and I'd, there's a guy from Kansas City who will come down and I trade him this pile of antlers for a bigger antler. Oh. So a bigger trophy size antler.
1: Right. You wanted big antlers, and he wanted
2: quality. Absolute, absolutely. He wanted
1: quantity, and you wanted quality. That's right. Okay. That's right.
2: And then um, I would sell them and get more money to buy bigger antlers. When I don't do it for the money, but, I mean, there's a lot of money in it. You'd, you'd never think there's that much money in those antlers. And uh, I was at a – I bought – my biggest find was at a yard sale in Lebanon. It was actually from a Lee and Tiffany. It was one of their uh, – Cameraman's Michael Earp. Really? Yeah. Wow. And uh, I bought over 300 pounds of antlers. So, total, there was around 200 antlers. Wow. And uh, they were trying to get rid of them. He said there's just so many people bugging him about it online. I said, well, I'll come pick them up right now. So, we drove to Lebanon and I bought those antlers. I ended up, I made a lot of money off them. And,. That's, that was one of my coolest finds. So, you know, looking at yard sales, and I do a lot of online. I've met a lot of people through it. It's just amazing. I love it.
1: Now, you've got some incredible antlers laying here in front of us. You talked a little bit about value, and you had a pair of antlers from uh, – the local area that you were telling us about uh, off air, but let's tell it on air <laughs> now. Let's let, let our listeners get in on this. Okay,
2: deal. I was I was talking about this antler, this set of antlers here I have. It's 166 inches here from local in Missouri, and I mean the color on these things are just absolutely amazing. But
1: yeah, j- boy, I'm I'm telling you that is a beautiful set of antlers, and any deer hunter in the state of Missouri or anywhere else <laughs> for that matter would love to have the deer that carried that set of antlers. But you mentioned value of that set. to reach a certain point and worth more. Explain that to us.
2: Absolutely. So we talked about the poundage prices and then once an antler hits a certain size, which is above poundage, which is around the 70-inch mark. Now that's one one antler. One antler, yes. Right. It'll uh, hit at about a dollar an inch. So a 70 antler would get 70 bucks. Wow. So, so for a neophyte like me, can you explain the inches, how you measure that? Absolutely. So all uh, I'll, uh antlers have what are called g tines so you start with the brow tine which is closest to the end of the beam which would be your g1 and then you go from there and follow the tines up g2 g3 and however many it may have so uh you take from the tip of the tine to where it connects to the main beam on every tine and then you take four mash measurements on every antler so even if it's a three-pointer, you take your mass measurements, you always get four. So that's the diameter of the mass. Yes, sir. You okay. take it around the base, and then you go up between your G1 and G2, and take your second one, and then so on and so forth. Uh-huh. So you add all those together. Absolutely, and, and then that's what you'll get. On your uh, single antler. Okay. And then for a skull or a set, you'll do the same thing. You'll add them up. For a set, you usually give it an 18-inch spread, which is about average. And then for a skull, you'll take the inside spread and add it up.
0: Okay.
1: Wow. It was interesting down at Miller Glasses... Uh, Big buck contests during the youth season to watch these guys score. And they had rows and rows and rows of tape that was already numbered off. They wasn't using a little tape measure. because, And it would actually stick to the antlers. Uh, so, it, man, it was such a unique tool. Absolutely. And, and probably a little bit more accurate because everybody else was standing there eyeballing them, you know, watching <laughs> you stick it on there. And particularly, owner made sure you did it right. You know, <laughs> to gain every eighth of an inch that they could. But that's all such an interesting process. And boy, i have just not laid awake at night a lot thinking about deer antlers, unless it was that big buck I missed the day before. <laughs> you know, because I run across them out in the wild too. And John, I'm rapidly beginning to figure out that I can make more money per pound of antler than I can morel mushrooms. You know how many how how many morel mushrooms it takes to make a pound? A lot, a lot, and I don't know what they sell for twenty bucks a pound, maybe. You know, But, boy, it just takes a lot of them, and my eyeballs are hurting the time I get through with them around mushrooms. <laughs> and,
0: and you like. can only find those for like a month or so. Yeah. You can go exactly. shed hunting all year round. E-
1: exactly. And, and, of course, the way I usually find sheds, I mean, I'm out in the woods a lot, but I'm usually stumbling along looking for whatever. I find them a lot when I'm photographing wildflowers in the spring. But what's happened to them by the springtime? The Squirrels
2: get to them, and they're bleached out. Oh, they're
1: bleached out, white and I found some decent antlers. They're probably C-grade.
2: <laughs> but
1: the squirrels and the chipmunks. You know, any of those gnawing critters, they like that calcium, man. And it's just amazing that their little teeth can do that, but they'll gnaw away, and gnaw away. And I found them where the base looked like it could have been a pretty decent antler at one time, but the base was all that's left.
2: (laughs) So what's the best time of year to look for them? Uh, it's when they start to fall, so you never know exactly when they're going to fall, but it's in a certain certain amount of time. So it's after deer season, so the end of January. Which last year I found my first set at the end of January, so it was about January 26th. So I found a fresh set then, or set then, and then uh, throughout the mar- or throughout the following months, so up, up into March and April. So it, there's there's a four or five month time span where you want to be looking, and then of course. You can't find them all, so they're always going to be there for you to pick up.
1: Exactly right. I used to have an old farmer friend down on the Berber's River bottoms, and uh, he almost hated deer because, I mean, there was some big deer on that property. I killed one of my largest deer ever down there, but uh, he quite often had uh, colorful language to use. He'd run over a big de- <laughs> set of deer antlers, puncture his tractor tires. You know, <laughs> that's something you always have to worry about. I've heard guys talk about, you know pickups, uh, ATVs and UTVs and all that sort of thing, uh, and a deer antler put a pretty good hole in a tire.
2: Absolutely, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I've had other situations, you know, but this same farmer, Bailey, you, you'd like this. It was so interesting that uh, uh, this happened, but it was – I don't know, there was snow on the ground, so it had been January or February, and he was down in this bottom field where he always had soybeans and corn, (laughs) sunflowers, you know, all great deer foods. And uh, he was walking along, and he's carrying a little chainsaw. He's going to cut up this treetop that had fallen out in the field. Well, a little buck gets up right in that brush pile, and he's kind of trying to get out of there in a hurry, you know. and. He knocked both of his antlers off at the same time. That was so cool. He called me down to look at them because, uh, you know, sometimes they knock them off like that. They're not exactly ready to come off. So you get a little bloody stub. there, Mm -hmm. you know, on the end of the antler. It, It was the coolest thing I had seen at the time in regards to deer antlers. But, you know, you mentioned early on in the show that when you start hunting, you go to these core areas, thick places and all that sort of thing i got to ask you, where's the oddest place you found an antler? Because you can find them in fences and all kinds Absolutely. of things. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Me, personally, the oddest place i found one was probably – I found one on a riverbank. So it was on a trail going straight down from uh, from a field bordering a, a creek. It was going straight down, and he must have dropped it on the way down, and it was laying in the riverbank.
1: Well, that's pretty cool. Do you think the other one dropped in the river?
2: It was <laughs> – it's a hard way to tell, but uh, it was an old antler. It probably been there for a year or two. can't believe no one's picked it up or it ain't got washed away.
1: Exactly. But that goes to show you, hey, they're an animal that's out there 24-7, 365 <laughs> that's, that's days right. a year. And for the most part, you know this better than me, uh, deer's area that they live is really not that, that large. Maybe a mile and a half, two miles square for the yep. most part. Now, you get the crazy buck once in a while when the rut's going on heavy. He, he may travel a, a bit farther than that. But for the most part, once you discover a bedding area, a heavy-use area, unless, you know, man is interfering somehow, that's going to repeat itself every year. Absolutely. So, buddy, you've got a gold mine when it comes to the <laughs> antler collecting situation. And, uh, hey, it's getting down to the wire here. I'm Bill Cooper, Living the Dream Outdoors.
2: The Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and the Fly Rod Journals.
0: Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog. The calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.